Defended by Simmons. Is this the Tiger? Battleborn Phantom. Hello and welcome back to the Battleborn Leafs podcast, the only podcast that is strictly focused on the Toronto Maple Leafs presented by Battleborn Fan Talk and their platform. I'm your host as always, Joshua Anselmo, here to talk to you guys today about your favorite team in the NHL, like I said, the Blue and White who went to Montreal last night and were victorious, winning 5-1 to one over the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, we're going to get to that game in a bit. But today's episode, the main topic is going to be about Arizona Coyotes defenseman Jacob Chikrin. This morning, the rumor mill on Chikrin was getting hot. There's a ton of new stuff. Apparently, Toronto's now in the top three teams left uh, in the sweepstakes for the young Arizona defenseman. I'm going to get into all this. Is he coming to Toronto? I don't think so. But <laughs> let's talk about that later on. Let's, let's get back to the game here. So the Maple Leafs uh, opened up the scoring. It was a goal by William Nylander. Uh, it was a power play goal assisted by Michael Bunting and Mitch Marner. Then Zach Aston rescored in the first period as well. Um, his first of the preseason assisted by Justin Hall. Then William Nylander scored his second of the game assisted by Nick Robertson. Robertson has been on fire in these last couple preseason games here. That first preseason game he had, it was a bit of a stinker. But after that, this guy has been rolling. And I get to him in a sec. But... Then Drouin scored. He was supposed to play in the last preseason meeting against the Montreal Canadiens in Toronto, but he was battling an illness, so got scratched in place with Slavkovsky to fill him in for that game in Toronto. So this is the first time he was getting some preseason action. He scored on the power play, assisted by Jorge Slavkovsky and Josh Anderson. Then in the third period, Alexander Kerfoot scores, assisted by Nick Robertson and William Nylander. And then Kerfoot scores again. It was a power play goal assisted by Dennis Mulligan and Nick Robertson. Tonight's performance of the game, in my opinion, obviously we got a starting goal. Matt Murray, another solid performance. One goal against 29 saves, a 9-6-7 save percentage. He did get the win. Uh, Nylander, three points as well, was clearly, uh, I would say, the most dominant skater on the ice. You know, watching this game, if you look just outside the box score, uh, he was all over the ice tonight, you know, even in defense's zone. He was real good, um, but also that next credits to Nick Robertson. Nick Robertson also fits this kind of esque where you know he was just a monster and he was a menace on the ice tonight, and he was extremely hard to play against. Um, I'm very impressed with what I've seen out of Nick Robertson lately. He looks like he's starting to find his game at the National Hockey League level, and that is really really encouraging because you know on this podcast I talked about over the summer is that second line left wing spot between Tavares and Nylander is going to be available. And right now, Nick Robertson was the guy that I initially envisioned to take that. But he's really delivered so far in this preseason. I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing out of him. You know, he looks a lot quicker. He looks a lot more engaged. He, uh, he said he put on some weight this summer, you know, trying to get stronger, not get knocked off the puck as easily uh, this year. And it looks like we're seeing all that come to his success, right? Uh, that shot that he scored in the Belleville game, um, the first one, the first goal, where he just ripped it from you know the top of the slot that was a rocket and one thing i've always questioned was his finishing ability but lately he's been really making me eat crow on 
these you know high danger chances that he's been finishing and even some medium danger chances right like that goal against Belleville wasn't exactly a high scoring threat and he still finished it off and um, I'm really enjoying what I'm seeing out of Nick and I just hope he can keep this up long term you know he didn't get any goals in this one but still three apples Um, that's what you want to see from him and Nick Robertson keep it up buddy because you are a rock star right now also credit to Dennis Mulligan, he looked good again tonight. Mitch Marner, he's going to have his best season as a Leaf. Mark my words. Like, mark my words. Mitch Marner just looks like he's going to hit a different stride this season. Saw him play in the summer uh, in a kind of – it was the, the MAF Foundation, so the Marner Assist Foundation 3v3 game against, uh, you know, some other NHL players and some Maple Leafs. And he he was just, wow. Like, the speed, he looks like he's in great shape. I'm I'm, I'm excited to see him play. And I am totally comfortable projecting him to have his best season if he can stay healthy. I think you're going to see a huge, huge year out of Mitch Marner. Uh, same goes for, you know, the obvious guys like Austin Matthews and Morgan Riley too. But, um, you know, Abe Kubel, I didn't think he was too bad tonight when I was rewatching this game. He had four hits. Uh, same with the Gaudet, four hits. Gaudet, you know, I don't know. He's uh, Is he going to make this team? I don't know tonight and all that. We'll get to that in the next, in the next episode. We're we're gonna talk about like roster cuts and stuff like that. So I don't go too much on Gaudet right now. But Giordano again, I thought played pretty good. Uh, plus three tonight. Um, he only had one hit, which is kind of surprising, uh, compared to the way he's been hitting in his last couple games with the Leafs. Uh, but you know, Pontus Holmberg again looked real good. Uh, Victor Mete I think is really holding his own. Um, obviously he's not a pure offensive defenseman as what we expected out in, when he was in his junior years, but Victor Mete, I still thought looked well, he's got good speed to his game. And I think you're going to see him probably get a shot with the Leafs to start. Um, and then Steve's, I thought, you know, maybe wasn't as great as he has been tonight. Uh, but I'm still a big Steve's guy. So credit to all of them, Morgan Riley, um, you know, he was held off the score sheet tonight, but I still thought he had a pretty good game. Uh, obviously this is just preseason, so not much to really dive into on the stars, but, uh, happy to see, uh, this result from the Leafs in Montreal. Um, let's hope they can do this on opening night as well. Cause Matt Murray just slammed the door that save that he made that glove save when, uh, it was the two on one, the back door, just wow. On Slavkowski, what a save by Matt Murray. And I'm extremely looking forward to what he can bring, uh, this season. I've been high on him all summer. I know there's a lot of people on the show I've given credit to that were high on him as well. Uh, Marty Zilstra, you know, TML fan and Van. He's also been extremely high on him. Matt Murray's a good goaltender, guys. Stanley Cup champion back-to-back. When he's locked in and in his, you know, I, I don't know how to describe it. When he's in his game, there's a certain vibe you're going to see. It's this vibe with Murray where you can see when he's kind of broken and you're seeing the weak goals. Like, if you go back to his last start against uh, the Arizona Coyotes when he was with the Ottawa Senators, he was just getting shelled. And that's what. And when you see that kind of Murray, you know you're in trouble. But when he looks locked in and composed and, you know, he's always in position, making the simple saves, that's when you're going to see the best things out of him. And I'm really excited uh, to see what he can bring, um, you know, to the table this season. I, I'm... I'm looking forward to it. Um, you know, I think he's a good goaltender. A guy that I love watching personally. He's been one of my favorite goaltenders for a long time now. Obviously, you guys know about me and the Pittsburgh Penguins. So, Matt Murray, welcome to the blue and white. You are that guy, and uh, he's he's going to surprise some people. So, keep hating because right now, Matt Murray is going to shut you up. But let's get to the to the Chikrin talk. Now, th- this, is, this is confusing. And, you know, 
I always like I try. I'm a fan of the Dallas Cowboys. I'm, I've talked about that on the show too, and they're kind of the same as the Leafs, right? The media, the the biggest team in the league, and I I can't believe that I'm seeing Chickering in Toronto still, especially after they signed Sandine. Like to me, it's just mind boggling. And let let me break this down for you so you can see from my perspective. Chickren is a left hand shot. Tell me, who does this remind you of on this lease roster? He's a left-hand shot. He's known for his offensive capabilities. Um, not as good in the defensive side, in the defensive zone on that side of things. Um, lacks the top, top end speed. He's not slow. He's mobile. Uh, he's got a good first pass. Um, he has a real good shot. Uh, just you know, trying to develop his two-way play a little bit more before he can fully become a number one defenseman for an NHL franchise. Does that remind you of anyone? Does that remind you of uh, multiple people on this Maple Leafs roster? No? Okay, if it didn't, let's start with the obvious one. Morgan Riley. That sounds exactly like Morgan Riley. Pure offensive defenseman. Uh, really good in the offensive zone and winning trying to score goals. Sometimes in the defensive side of things, it's a bit questionable to play at the back. Um, you know, he, he doesn't have the top end speed like some of the Kale McCars and Roman Yossi's, but he's still mobile. He's quick. He's not slow by any means. You, you go down the list, <laughs> Rasmus Sandin kind of sounds like that build too, right? Left-hand shot again, uh, has an offensive awareness uh, aspect to his game that I think, you know, we still haven't seen the, the full ability of yet. I still think he's um, a very fluent skater and stuff like that. I think he could excel and become, you know, the highest of highs here of this Leafs core. And, you know, obviously I love Morgan Riley too, but I, I, I think the, I think the sky's the limit for Sandin. That's why I was preaching for the Leafs to get a deal done with him because, yes, he smashed third-pairing analytics and those line matchups, but give this guy an improved role. He's been getting better every season. I'm high on Rasmus Sandin, but sounds exactly like Chicken, right? Left-hand shot, has a good shot. I think Sandin has a better shot than Morgan Riley. Um, Morgan Riley's a little reluctant to shoot at. I feel like I say that on every episode. It's frustrating. I think Morgan Riley could have so many more goals and so many more points if he just shot the puck instead of holding it and holding and trying to find a better passing lane. But Rasmus Sandin, he's much more willing to shoot. And I think, you know, you don't really need Chikrin if you have Sandin here uh, because Chikrin is not a number one defenseman yet. So you want to compare him to Riley? I'm still taking Morgan Riley. And Rasmus Sandin, I think, you know, at his cap hit, I think that's a very, very good price uh, that Kyle Dubas was able to get in here in Toronto despite him holding out. Rasmus Sandin, I, I think he's currently like, you know, I'm not even going to get into Jake Muzzin because Jake Muzzin's not a pure offensive defenseman like Chikrin. Jake Muzzin can play two ways. Um, but, you know, after Sandin, if you're not sold on Sandin, who's a left-hand shot that when he was traded to the Maple Leafs last season was on pace for over 40 points in Toronto? Huh, yeah. Mark Giordano. Mark Giordano, don't get me wrong, he's not what he was back in his Norris season with the Calgary Flames. He's not going to skate end-to-end. He's not going to take defenders on one-on-one or uh, you know, do everything to get on the highlight reels. He's going to get points off the quick pass, reading defensive coverages, and you know, just finding the right guys at the right time. And that's what comes when you're a veteran with offensive instincts. We see it all the time now with some of the best. Look at Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby has grown uh, as he's gotten older, especially in the passing game, even though he's always been a great playmaker, but he's grown exceptionally. You know, last night watching that game, 
Sidney Crosby finds Brian Russ streaking on a breakaway with a pass to the neutral zone, splitting the defensive coverage of the Detroit Red Wings like a needle. And, you know, as you get in the league, as you get older, you start to pick up on stuff like this. Mark Giordano, I don't think he's going to eclipse over 40 points like he was projected last season. But he did have 12 points in 20 games to finish out the regular season once he was acquired from Seattle. So this season, I think it's fair to say that he will get at least 30 points, um, if not more. I think, you know, Mark Giordano is going to have a productive season offensively. This is a high-scoring offensive team. He's, you know, but one thing also with Giordano is a lot of people criticize him. He's washed. He's old. um, He's retiring with the Leafs, blah, blah, blah. Mark Giordano's best hockey has came as he's gotten older. And that happens sometimes in sports. No matter what sport you look at, sometimes as players get older, they start to see the game a little bit better. They start to adapt a little bit later in their career than most. And that's okay. I still think Mark Giordano is a very good defenseman. I'm happy they got him for two years. After these two years, I think that's when you'll start to see his game totally drop off. But it wouldn't surprise me this guy keeps going. Look at Zidane Char, right? And Zidane Char, I know he was more... Um, established as a physical player and that's more of a long-term thing and you can kind of have that with you your whole career because you know you're always gonna be a physical guy if that's your physical nature right but if you're an offensive guy I don't think you're ever going to lose that touch and Mark Giordano as an offensive defenseman on your third pairing I think that's a slam dunk especially for 800k Uh, the fact that he was willing to take that deal with Toronto just shows uh, the kind of player he is and what he wants to do with this team what they want to achieve so where does Jacob Chikrin fit the left side? No. Like, unless you're giving up somebody from the, the left, you're not going to give up Giordano in a trade like that. You're not going to give up Muzzin in a Chikrin trade. Jake Muzzin, no move clause. He's not going to a little facility uh, in Arizona now when they're playing at a school uh, hockey rink. So, Jake Muzzin, an NHL veteran, respected in the league. He's not going to Arizona. And you're hell in not trading Morgan Riley to Arizona. So, the left side is pretty locked. Um, I didn't even mention the impressive play from Phil Kral this preseason. Also, Victor Mete and Jordy Ben on the depth chart. Uh, Dahlstrom as well, if you want to include him. He's kind of, you know, Dahlstrom, I get there was a lot of people saying like, oh no, like they're making jokes on Twitter when the injury news came out that he's out for six weeks. But Dahlstrom's that kind of guy where he's perfect as your eighth or ninth defenseman where you're in the regular season, you get hit with injuries and you got to play a Wednesday night game in Anaheim on, on the late coast. And he's just a fill-in. He's a perfect guy for that. So Dahlstrom, I don't understand the criticism. I, I like him. And I'm completely okay if he's the 8th or ninth defenseman. Um, but you go to the right side. Okay, you have Lilligren. Lilligren, I think, is going to have a monster year. Um, I think you're going to see him maybe get a shot on the top pairing again with Morgan Riley. I think you're going to see him have his best season. So I'm excited to see that from Lilligren. Um, I don't think... See, the th- I'm going to get to a Chikrin trade package in a sec. But... Lilligren on the right side. Justin Hall still hasn't been moved, regardless what you think about Hall. Uh, I'm not going to comment there. Um, then, you know, you kind of have slots available on your third pairing for the right side. There's a lot of question marks. Like, how do you fit Sandine, Riley, Muzzin, and Jordano, right? So already you're going to have to put Sandine maybe on the right side, although I prefer him on the left. So maybe the Leafs roll with Muzzin, no, with Riley on the right. We know Riley's tried playing on the right side a couple times in his career. It's going to be interesting to see. I I think Sandine, if it comes to that, um, might fare a little bit better than Giordano, although I don't know how I feel with the Giordano-Sandine pairing. I like Giordano um, playing with Lilligren too, but like I said, I think Lilligren's going to get a shot on that top pairing. 
So it's t- it's tough to pencil in the decor right now, especially with the injuries. You have Jordy Ben, physical left-handed defenseman, um, not as good in the offensive zone as a guy like Jake Muzzin, but kind of profiles like him. You know, both physical guys, uh, solid, solid in the defensive zone. Um, although Muzzin's play has regressed a little bit uh, from when he was first traded to the Maple Leafs to now. Uh, you know, if you listen to this podcast, I've talked about that a lot. So uh, right now, like I'm just trying to envision, you know, where would Chikrin really fit? To me, this is stupid. To me, what's happening here is the agent of Jacob Chikrin is leaking out this information to uh, the media. Why may you ask? And, you know, I brought up the Dallas Cowboys because we know in football, when there's somebody available, the best way to get your player, if you're an agent, some extra money on their deal or to get them in a trade out of town is link them to the Dallas Cowboys. Why? Because they will instantly be in headlines. They will be everywhere. It will be, um, you know, across all national coverage. And I think that's what you're seeing here. I think the agent of Jacob Chikrin is kind of leaking out the Leafs just as a social media stunt um, to engage interest. I'm sure the Leafs have checked in on him. Like, obviously, Chikrin's a fantastic defenseman. He's so good in terms of just scoring goals for a defenseman at his pace. Um, In the 56-game season, the guy had 18 goals. So, you know, I still think the sky's the limit for him. But I think this is what's happening. And I think that's why you're seeing the Leafs tied in all this is because I think the errors, I think the Chikrin side is trying to involve Toronto here to get that coverage. Because if Chikrin was going to go to a team like St. Louis, you're not going to see that coverage on hockey in Canada as much. You're going to see it for sure. He's a fantastic hockey player. Um, you're just not going to see it broadcasted as much as it would be if you know Toronto was in the negotiations and stuff like that. To me, it doesn't make sense. Uh, if they didn't sign Sandine yet, maybe. Maybe they would have done a Sandine and Nyes um, trade for Chikrin, which I wouldn't have done. Uh, I'm going to get to in a sec with the trade package. But just overall, I think you're seeing this as the Arizona side trying to get maximum profit from Chikrin in a trade package. And I think if you can add the Leafs in there, you're going to get teams to overpay a bit because uh, obviously we know there's a lot of teams that don't want to see Toronto succeed. So I think that's what we're kind of seeing here. I have full belief that the Toronto Maple Leafs are not in on Chikrin as much as the reports are saying. I think it's just stupid. I think it's a fantasy hockey team thought. And what are you going to do with all these left-hand shots here on this Maple Leafs blue line? Now let's get into the trade package quickly here as we get to the end of this episode. Matthew Nyes would for sure be in this trade. And I'm not moving Nyes. I like Nyes. I know I have spoken to some sources in terms of hockey prospecting and they weren't as high on Matthew Nyes uh, to the outside media. Um, it was a, a non-biased uh, sports fan that just tracks uh, the game. But he, he was saying, you know, world championships, some scouts weren't really impressed and stuff like that. But Matthew Nyes, he said there's no denying he's a good player. And, you know, that's a prospect you're going to want to keep around. You don't trade prospects like this. He's had a great start in his NCAA season so far. He's physical. He's got some grit to his game and he likes to shoot. So Matthew Nyes, we know he has that relationship with Matthews already, the Arizona connection. For sure, Arizona would want Matthew Nyes. Why? Because I just talked about Arizona, his birthplace, same with Austin. So I think he would be the conversation starter. Maybe you get a one-for-one one there if Arizona wants Matthew Nyes that badly. Uh, you swing a deal one-for-one. One. I don't think that's realistic, though. Then I think it would have been you add Sandine in there if they didn't sign Sandine yet. But now the fact they signed Sandine, I think this is just stupid talk. And like I said, I think this is the Arizona media trying to get the, some team to really engage in a Chikrin trade. We know the Ottawa Senators 
are a team that I think is the most interested, and I think they have the best odds at landing a guy like Chikrin. Uh, so, like I said, maybe the agent or the team is leaking this stuff out so they can get Ottawa to pay because I think Arizona is targeting uh, Pinto from the Ottawa Senators, and I think Ottawa is uh, reluctant to move him. So that's something to monitor if he does go to the Sens, uh, you know, across Ontario. But I, I would think for sure Matthew Nyes would be in this trade, and I'm not doing that. So, no, to me this is stupid. Uh, now let's just finish off here. One thing to note about Chikrin is he's had four major surgeries. I believe it's been on an ankle, both his wrists or something like that. I know it's four though. He's had four major surgeries already. He's still only 24, yes, but you've got to think down the road here when you have guys like Jake Muzzin and Chikrin's coming with four surgeries. Is that really the best bet to give up prospects like Matthew Nyes and then if you had to give up Sandine and stuff like that, maybe they wanted a Topi Nima. I don't know. Like To me, I, I don't think this trade would make sense for Toronto. I'm a little bit hesitant with the four major surgeries. Obviously, you know, he's on a really good cap hit for a little bit of a term. So for teams that are contending, this is a guy that they should all be interested in. That's why I said I don't um, criticize Kyle Dubas for making a call to Arizona saying, hey, what, what are you looking at here? Why? He's a great defenseman. He can play on the right side too. We saw him play on the right side in Toronto. This is also a guy that went to the media and said Toronto is the the mecca of the hockey world. He loves the city. Um, he has family in Toronto. He's played, like I said, in the OHL and the Ontario Hockey League. I'm sure he would love a trade here. I'm sure he wouldn't mind a trade to the Ottawa Senators as well. Uh, but I just don't think that fits here. And I don't think it's really realistic. Like I said, if they're going to make a trade, I truly believe it's for a forward for the top six. Um, perhaps maybe a right-hand defenseman uh, as some depth or insurance uh, once we get closer to the trade deadline. But I, I really think it's going to be a second-line left winger. And whether that's Marcus Foligno or a Tyler Bertuzzi, I think it's going to be one of those guys um, that I mentioned on episodes prior to this. And, you know, Adam Henrique was another name. Uh, so, you know, right now it's all just theorizing. We're still early in the season. We haven't even played game one yet, and we're still talking about trades. So I like this Leafs roster right now. I think, uh, you know, I'm pretty comfortable with them rolling into the season without making any changes exactly we're seeing tons of uh depth you know uh in this preseason from guys like alex steves and Pontus holmberg and you go across the map this this farm system looks promising they look like they're gonna have a good ahl uh toronto marley's team this season so i don't think the need to go and trade or acquire somebody uh to bolster this lineup right now is needed i would wait closer to the mid pack of the season or if this leaves teams in trouble with some more injuries as we get closer to late October when the season starts. But uh, that's all for me today, guys. Thank you for listening to the Battleborn Leafs podcast. I'm your host, as always, Joshua and Selma, and I'll be back with you guys to talk more Leafs hockey soon. Down by